It is time for the weekend edition Sports Frenzy 2.0. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I am the conquistador, Dave Height. Glad to have you aboard. We are taping here on the 23rd of February, 2022. This will hit, of course, Saturday morning, just in time to get you set up for your weekend on the 26th. We have got a ton to talk about this week, including catching up from last week's technical difficulties which excluded the Conquistador from giving you a lot of review information. So, of course, yeah, that here's, means... here's take two of <laughs> what got lost. Yes. And again, like we said on our normal Sports Frenzy episode <clears throat> this week, we don't blame Spotify, but it was Spotify's fault. Yep, we're going to stand by that. So, of course, the first concert <clears throat> review we've had since December... All goes to the Conquistador. Take it away, Dave. Yep. So last week, February 16th, I went with my wife and two boys up to Grand Rapids Van Andel Arena to see Volbeat and Ghost. We had been looking forward to this one, especially my youngest, Nick, who really was mad at us for quite some time when we saw in 2019 Godsmack and he had a chance to go and didn't. And then a week after we got the tickets, we found out Volbeat opened and he was not happy that he didn't get them. So this is the makeup concert for him. So had a really good run. I will start with the positives of the show, which was the the dual headlining of Volbeat and Ghost. And so Volbeat was the first to go. 16 songs. Got in, started Devil's Bleeding Crown. A uh, couple things off the new one. You know, Say No More, Wait a Minute, My Girl. Or not Say No More. Um, Shotgun Blues we got. Temple of Ecor, but they did classic Lola Montez, Warrior's Call, but they added a nice little mashup with that going into I Only Want to Be With You, <laughs> which was really freaking cool. They did a nice job with that. And then, what was it? We had uh, Sad Man's Tongue which started off with the Johnny Cash cover of Ring of Fire. And so they basically kind of took Johnny Cash's music to this song. Really well done. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, we got Seal the Deal, Doc Holiday, which made Nick's Night his favorite <laughs> song there. Um, Ended off the last three sacred stones, die to live and still counting. Three and a half. I will say they have got to have the best sound man in the business because he had the perfect mix of music and vocals. Neither one outdid the other. It, it was like listening to an album. It was that tight. And we have seen a lot of concerts where otherwise... It would have been a great show, but they botched. They fucked up the mix. So yeah. that's good to hear. 
So Volbeat nailed the mix beautifully. I said, I'll give that three and a half only because they had a couple songs I wasn't a fan of and didn't get to hear a few that I wanted to. But overall, solid outing from them. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Then we had Ghost, which, you know, Volbeat's from Denmark. Ghost is from Sweden. Oh, my God, the set was incredible. Unbelievable. And, of course, the lead singer comes out. His face is painted as a skull. The entire band, they're wearing masks and headgear, helmets. Their whole thing is not to have their identities revealed, kind of a la Kiss back in the day. Slipknot. Slipknot. For, for the, the kids out there. Yeah. <laughs> So with them, you know, we got 15 songs from them, another full run, an hour, about an hour and a half out of each of them. Um, you know, we got, of course, what's been on the radio, Rats, Hunter's Moon, which is the new one, um, Dance Macabre, which was the second to last song, and they ended with Square Hammer. But they did a phenomenal version, a cover of Enter Sandman. And it was great. Partway through, during midway through, you got people moshing and then somebody body surfing up to the front. And Ghost Singer comes out and goes, Come on, let, let's, let's, there's kids here in the area. Let, let's be gentle around them. And then he turns around. This was like the fourth song. And he goes, how the fuck are you all doing over on this side? <laughs> but then when, before Enter Sammy goes, all right, it's time to sing one for the kiddies out there. <laughs> and gets in with Hush Little Baby. Um, the vocals were not as crisp with them. So I kind of have to bring them down to a three on that. But the overall presentation bumps them back up that half to three and a half. So they were enjoyable to see. But. But. You, you told me you had misgivings but, about the opening act. But. The opening act, thank God, it was only four freaking songs. Twin Temple. <sighs> they come out. They do this weird ritualistic bullshit with swords and whatnot we were up couldn't fully see everything and because they were the opener no video feed so thank god we didn't get any close-ups of them but they're doing welcome to our black mass we'd like to call upon satan to join us i'm like what the fuck are we doing here this has got to be a joke right nope so all their songs, of course, the whole satanic bit, the lyrics are a freaking, it, it's got to be a damn joke, a farce, because it was really pathetic. Um, she's got the old 60s bouffant beehive hairdo. The music for all the songs was a horrible combination of bad 60s horror background music and burlesque. And after their set waiting, I look them up and they're cons they consider themselves satanic doo-wop. I have to go and give this 
the lowest possible rating of a negative four. <laughs> it was so bad and pathetic. We we spent the entire time as a family talking, looking shit up on our phone, playing games, whatnot. Nobody around us cheered or clapped at all at the end of the song. You barely got a rise out of most of the people on the floor. It was a sad, pathetic attempt at theater. Okay. This band or Jamie Johnson? Who was worse? Oh, sweet <laughs> God. Oh, sweet God. I would sit through an opening act of Jamie Johnson before I'd listen to Twin Temple again. Wow, that bad. That oh, bad. it was bad. Uh, Jamie Johnson is a legendary in our sports frenzy archives, legendarily bad, not opening act, but a mid bill act. When we saw 38 special Marshall Tucker band and Leonard Skinner about four years ago, Ugh. Jamie Johnson got situated third out of the four for played no for, reason played for like an hour and, and was terrible. Luckily was awful. I went off to get a beer and look for 38 special merch. But how do you, uh, I hate to revisit this, but, you know, it's still bitter to this day to me. How do you give him almost double the time you give 38 special? It, it was pathetic. Yes. Terrible. But my buddy Jamie and his wife went to this show two nights later in Chicago. And he texted me, he goes, this band has got to be a joke, right? I've got such a freaking headache from them. Did you give him any kind of... I told him, I said, all I'm going to tell you, Volbeat and Ghost killed it. Twin Temple. Don't worry about being late. <laughs> kind of like when you and I went to see Van Halen and Cool and the Gang. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cool and the Gang was so far superior. <laughs> No, it, it that that was god awful. Discounting that, it was a phenomenal night. Good to hear. A couple weeks from now, we will have Greta Van Fleet. In about a month, the Young Guns tour, Mammoth WVH, and Dirty Honey. So yep. we're getting back into it's, it. Kids. It's ramping up. Good times. All right. So now we move on to our album reviews of the week. The one that we are going to do together. Yes. Eddie Vedder's new album, Earthling. We've reviewed three <sighs> of these songs here yep. on the weekend edition here over the past four or five months. Um, so we're revisiting old ground in that way. Yeah. But overall as an album, I thought this was okay. Yeah, I, I did not have high hopes for it overall with the first song, Invincible. Oh, no, that was I'm like, what the basically is this? They basically bookmarked the album with the two worst oh, songs. by far. And they were in conjunction with each yeah, other. Now, now, the last song, On My Way, sounds like some kind of a reprise of Long Way. They yeah. sneak the lyrics in from Long Way, which is one of the better songs on the album. We've reviewed this in the past. Right. But it, it was, and the vocals were so soft on it, too. Yeah. Now, every in between, it got better. In between, it did get better. Um, Power of Right, 
I enjoyed. Yep, strong guitars. Very good. I liked the dark. I didn't. I didn't like the dark. I thought it sounded like a poppy Pearl Jam knockoff. But so, let me. Can I point something out to you? And I don't know if you caught this. Probably not because I'm not an Eddie Vedder fan or Pearl well, Jam no, fan. But, no, but I bought the physical CD. Okay. And I looked at the liner notes, and I want to point this out to you. Long way, third song in, which we reviewed before. Right. We've talked about it. I said it sounded like Tom Petty. Yeah. Who's playing keyboards on that song? Ben Montench. There you go. From the Heartbreakers. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. <laughs> Try. Tenth song. Wicked Harmonica. You know who played harmonica on that song? Stevie Wonder. Really? Yes. There Twelfth you go. song. Mrs. Mills. First thing I thought. And I did not read the liner notes. <clears throat> I See, listened to it on Spotify before I put Mrs. The- Mills to me sounded like a Beatles Ringo. Ringo Starr plays drums on Mrs. Mills. That's what I'm saying. Eddie Vedder <laughs> is wearing his influences on his sleeve. Big I don't time. think in a good way. No. Uh-uh. If we can listen to Mrs. Mills without looking at the liner notes and no... It sounds like to me Beatles. it was like Eleanor frickin' Rigby. That's what I said too. It's so obvious, so blatant. A lot of the influences, on, and I don't even want to talk about picture. Oh my god, that, that was blatant... so Elton John song with Eddie Vedder lending vocals. Yeah, and, and I'm I sorry, try I, I did not care for. That was no, one, of, like my least, that was one like of my least. That was one of my least favorite. I did like try. So um, now. I liked Good and Evil, even though it was, again, sounded like it was a Pearl okay. Jam knockoff. Rose of Jericho was pretty good. Rose of Jericho I enjoyed. Um, but basically, I'm going to go two and a half. I two, was going two. Yeah. And because that figures it, because you're not a big Pearl Jam guy. Yeah. And I, it just, because of the knockoff stuff, the first and last yeah, I agree there with was, you on all that. There was I more do. that I enjoyed than I thought I was going to. Yeah, and again, this <laughs> is coming from a guy who's not a Pearl Jam fan, and I'm a Pearl Jam fan, so that's probably why I give it a little bit higher rating. Yeah. But again, I agree completely with Dave. It's kind of schizophrenic. Again, the influences, the, the influences are obvious. It's like he's trying too hard. Yeah. Establish your own identity. And yeah. he does not, Eddie Vedder does not do that on Earthling. It's still a good album to me, Two and a Half Frenzies, but not great. There's now, a song or two I'll probably listen to, but I don't know that I would listen to the whole thing again. There you go. Last week, I reviewed Slash, Miles Kennedy, and The Conspirators <clears throat> for, again, technical issues, botched everything. So Dave... Yeah. Dave gets to throw his two cents in right now. Yep. I really enjoyed this one. I will start off and tell you, I gave it three and a half frenzies. Solid rock album, start to finish. Um, there was only one, two that I was a little 
iffy on more so than the others. Um, I wasn't quite as into Spirit of Love or April Fool. Actually, it was a third one, Fall Back to Earth. But even those, they're not my favorite, but they weren't bad. It's just solid, solid rock to yep. enjoy. Yep, like I mentioned last week, I I actually thought those songs he mentioned were better. I love the entire album. I say it's number one right now. Heading into the third month of 2022, this is my album of the year so far. It's early. Many, many more coming. It's early. Many more coming. So, very, very solid start to what we we hope will be a good rock season. Yep. Little bit of music news. Then Dave and I are going to review some songs. But I have to admit, with all the chaos of last week, I can't remember which songs I told him to listen to. <laughs> so, and you know what? I did not get a chance to go through those this last week. All right. So maybe we wait till next week. There we go. Tour news. Latest tours announced. Sting, Smashing Pumpkins, Rod Stewart, and Cheap Trick. I'll pass, pass, pass. I've seen Rod Stewart twice. See, that's what I thought when I saw they announced that tour. And I was just like, that's one of the ones that you and I have a disconnect on. I could care less about seeing Rod Stewart. I really don't care. You know? See, now you, I mentioned Sting, and you told me you veto that. Yeah, I can't Where I would like Sting. to see Sting. I would like to see Sting. Can't do it. All right, so the the bad news of the week on the rock front to wrap up segment one here. It looks like Hart is on the verge of collapse. No! The sisters? The sisters, it's turning into an oasis, no! black crows type no! of situation. No, are they coming to fisticuffs? No, but Nancy Wilson has decided she is going out on tour calling her band Nancy Wilson's Heart. Oh! Bringing in Kimberly Nicole, a finalist in season eight of The Voice, to take over for her sister because they have had issues deciding on the backing band, believe it or not. We all know Heart is the Wilson sister. Right. But they can't decide on who's going to play behind them. Now, Anne's got to... So a who's sleeping with who? Anne's got a solo album coming out here soon. She's going out on tour for that. Ugh. But Nancy has put together her own version of Heart. And I'm sorry, but if you don't have Ann Wilson singing, it's not Heart. It's not. It's not. You need Ann on vocals. It, it, you can't have one without the other. They complement each other so well. This has disaster written all over this it. This is so sad to see this, that heart is actually fracturing like this. It the breaks Wilson. my heart to hear this news. <laughs> I mean, again, the sibling stuff, it boggles my mind. We've seen it. Van Halen, the, the brothers stayed together through thick and thin. Again, Oasis couldn't get along. They hated each other. The Black Crows hated each other, loved each other, hated, hated each, each other. other. 
you know, the follow wills and Kings of Leon have stuck together. It's, I don't know how the dynamic would work being an only child, but it would just, I would think, tear me apart to not be able to, if I built something this great, like heart. With a sibling. With a sibling. lasted so long. To have it come apart here so late in the careers. <sighs> yeah. This is, to me, this is really sad. This is the worst news of the week. Yeah, that that that's, ugh, that's not good. Nancy Wilson's heart. I mean, now we've seen Great White do this. We've but again, this Great is not White. siblings. This is not siblings. No, it's just the band. Queensryche has done this. Yeah. Where the band is fractured. Yeah, where you have the band doing the name. And then you have the lead singer doing his name. What? Yeah, like you had Great White, who got a new lead singer in, and then you had Jack, Jack Russell's Jack Russell's Great White, right? Where you had the voice of Great White with a, with different, a different backing band. band. I just don't like. And it. I've seen I just don't like all it. three iterations: the original group together. <laughs> I've seen Great White with a backup singer, and I've seen Jack Russell's Great White. And again, tying into this, Journey kicked off their tour this week with Toto, and they didn't even let Arnell Pineda sing all the songs. What? Who was the replacement for, for Steve, Steve Perry? Why are you not letting no, Pineda Neil sing? Sean, Neil Sean, I'm telling you, he's he a is, nutcase. He is Fuck this band up beyond the police. He is such a psycho nut job. Because he fired Steve Smith and Ross Valerie because he thought they were conspiring behind his back. Then he supposedly brought two other guys in. And then I read today, those two guys didn't even appear on the opening night of the tour. He brought in another bunch of guys. What the hell? Including another keyboard player outside of Jonathan Cain. And this guy's singing one of the songs. What the, the bass player's singing one or two of the songs. And I'm like, you this know is what? not Journey. I'm glad we did not get tickets for this one. No, I'd still like to see Toto, though. Well. One, one time. Yeah. But come on. Yeah, Neil Sean is getting a little too big for his britches. Becoming that dictator that nobody wants when yep. it comes to the band leader. Ugh. All right, so next week, we will review Scorpion's new album, Rock Believer. Yes. And then, of course, Dave and I will get together and sort out all these The other songs. songs that we've got coming up. And I do believe a couple of them were Scorpion songs, so we'll ditch One those. One of them was. We'll ditch those in favor of the album. Sounds good. So, kids, stay tuned. We'll be right back with our TV and streaming. And still to come, movie Movies. reviews. Good stuff coming down the line, kids. All right, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, kids, ready for a blast of dairy goodness? Pick up Sports Frenzy 2.0 milk at your local grocery store. Remember, when you drink Sports Frenzy 2.0 milk, you're not only enjoying a healthy treat, you're helping to locate missing sports heroes of the past and present. Our cartons and jugs feature pictures of Peng Shui, Ryan Leaf, and Sammy Sosa as we do our part 
to find the lost icons of the last 30 years. And don't forget our special weekend edition chocolate milk containers available on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, because they feature celebrities like Lindsay Lohan, Helen Hunt, and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Pick up a gallon today. Hey, kids, this is the Conquistador Dave Height, along with the maestro Kevin Crane. And welcome to the streaming segment of the weekend edition here on Sports Frenzy 2.0 as we record on February 23rd, dropping on Saturday morning, the 26th, giving you what you need to watch. That's right, and we have got to wrap up yet another fantastic DC series on television streaming. This one on HBO Max. Yep. We've talked about this for years where DC does TV shows much better than Marvel, but they flip when it comes to movies. Yeah, DC's movies pretty much suck where Marvel nails it. Right. So, Peacemaker, the character we hated in The Suicide Squad. Yes. Terribly, terribly done in The Suicide Squad. Again, you've got a team, you've got a split screen time, split script time among all these these different characters. So, yeah, Peacemaker just came off pretty much like a douche. Yeah. And thank God James Gunn resurrected this character beautifully. Yep. I I I was so hesitant to have started this. And I'm so glad I started and watched it all the way through. It was not disappointing. Nope. Eight episodes. Uh, you, you're scared to death because you've got a professional wrestler in John Cena as the main character. <laughs> and I heard somebody a couple weeks ago talking about the show and made a great point where they said, and again, I'm I'm sorry I'm bringing pro wrestling into this, which I will do in a couple minutes again. It's all good. But, We've but, got the big stuff coming. But The Rock is probably a better wrestler than he is an actor, where John Cena might actually be, be a, a better, better actor, actor than, a, than wrestler. a wrestler. Yes. Because <laughs> John Cena does a great job in Peacemaker. He oh, just, he does. He, he he makes him vulnerable yet strong. He, um, the the emotional gambit that he is his able to dad, portray. His dad, a su superhero, super villain, super white supremacist, white supremacist <laughs> super villain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the supporting cast is all great. Vigilante, oh, we've talked about. Love Vigilante. <laughs> Economist is great. Die beard. The whole. The whole show is just great. Now, I'm going to be a little bit hard on it in that I probably should give it more, but I'm only going to give it three frenzies because it does bludgeon you at times with just the whole violence, 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 crude humor, crude humor, crude humor. And we all love Isn't that. Isn't that what makes it what it is? Yeah, but it's got to have some kind of point. And at times it doesn't seem to. Dude, it started. The finale started off with Steel Panther. <laughs> that I know. Yes, 
That I know. And if you hadn't brought that up, I was actually going to text you and tell you. Because I was ahead of you at that point. And I was going to text you and say, have you seen episode eight yet? You will love the song in the first minute. <laughs> if it's got Steel Panther, we all know it's got to be good. Yep. I mean, the whole hair metal genre being given its due throughout the eight episodes. Right was absolutely brilliant yes and where else will hanoi rocks get their due and i will give props to the special effects crew at the end of episode seven the cow oh my god <laughs> the cow the was cow unbelievable was absolutely incredibly yes. done yes if you're gonna have that that climactic moment with that kind of creature you have to stop that, that was that was worthy very much let's put so. it this way that was better than anything i saw in the first avengers movie with those transformer like oh the yeah the transformer aliens yeah yeah yes this was much more creative scary creepy goofy terror terrific awful horrific looking character yeah. And of course, Harcourt's just pretty. She's pretty. <laughs> she's a badass, but she's pretty. Yeah. But I just, it, it, the last couple of episodes. Th three sounds about the right, the right rating. A for strong three. A Very strong, strong three. three. You will not be disappointed watching this, kids. No, a strong three. Don't let the kids watch it. It's not quite up 16 to the level of Titans. No. Or even Doom Patrol, but. It, it it's still very it's good. very entertaining you're right doom patrol titans yeah. still have that upper echelon i'm so proud of you for actually caring about the children and putting that out there you know S 16 is about the cutoff when i was point. 11 i would have loved to have watched that oh, well, <laughs> i would have probably watched it at 12 but hey. but of course we were mature for our ages yeah no we, we didn't grow up in the age of snowflakes <laughs> Glad to see season two is coming soon. Yes. Oh, that's going to be And James fun. Gunn, I believe, has said that he will, again, direct and write all episodes. Thank God, because he he redeemed that character. And I they did not give you... So this is an anti-spoiler. There is no indication at the end of episode eight... Of what's coming in season two. Oh, no. It's going to be a clean... It's a clean break. There's no cliffhanger. Yeah, no cliffhanger. Which, thank God, because you get sick of those. Yes. A clean season. I love it. Of course, we have Resident Alien. We're yep. through episode four of season two. Still does not disappoint. Nope. As we, we've always said, Alan Tudyuk is fantastic. As the alien. <laughs> yep. The kids are great. The ones that initially <laughs> were the only ones that could see him. Only one. But the other one believed. Boy, those are twisted kids. <laughs> they got some issues. That, that girl has got some issues. She has got anger issues. Yes, she does. <laughs> Big time. I don't know what the hell happened. But, man, she, she, she's But we've also wrong. found out that the mayor's wife has issues, too. But in a in good a way. In a good way. <laughs> Wow, she's a kinky little minx. Yeah, I have not thought this highly of a ball gag since Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! She likes to play. <laughs> yes, yes, she does. Just think of what she keeps in the freezer. 
Oh, going back to the last episode, which I briefly touched on last week as we tried to make up for all the the technical crap. Yeah, Girls' Night. The Girls' Night Out was my favorite episode so far of any in either season. It was so damn funny on every level. So, of course, Dave has to reference. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, we can go back to our... And go Normal back to frenzy regular episode. sports frenzy, <laughs> the last segment where we cover this as well. <laughs> it all ties in together in some kind of cosmic way, kids. It it, it all it, it ties the both shows together. It's like a good rug. <laughs> and of course, we talked about that last week. Lebowski with the ad. Yep, the Super Bowl. Yep. That was the lost part. <laughs> yep. Damn it. Yep. Bashemi and then uh, the tease of Jesus that yep. turned out to be Serena Williams. All right. I uh, hate to keep doing this to Dave. Well, technically, last week I didn't because we didn't tape together. Right. So last week was <coughs> season one of The Boys, was my review. Yep. So this uh, week is season two. two. Yes. Rub it in. I'm. Tr- uh. We two kids both, who work. We have both slacked on this. Because two this kids who work for... are killing me trying to get them together for it. I was surprised I at least got the time to watch Titans and Doom Patrol. Yeah. And uh, here we are with Peacemaker. We got through Reacher. Yep. Now I got to get them zeroed in for the boys. You should be able to blow through it pretty quickly. Eight episodes per season, 16 total, but they are long. They're at least an hour hey, each. that's awesome. But last week, I gave three and a half to season one. Now I've wrapped up season two. I will again go three and a half. Very just solid. As good, just as good as season one. I will reiterate some of my praise points from last week. Carl Urban, as the leader of the boys, Billy Butcher, phenomenal. He is one of the greatest, bitter, vigilante heroes of all time. (laughs) I mean, he is right up there with the Punisher, man. He is, he's not taking shit from anybody. And the sad thing is, over the first two seasons, things don't go his way. Every time you think something's going to go his way, it just doesn't. And that's what you ex- kind of expect for your hero in a show like this. Right. The underdog has yep. to get kicked before he can rise. Yep. And, of course, you got the cute little romance with uh huey campbell and annie aka starlight one of the the seven who are the the superhero group the corporate superhero group that we're dealing with here in the boys so of course that being a corporate thing you get all the modern problems the issues the personality disorders so these heroes are not heroes like superman they are not infallible pristine and perfect they have got the same issues and problems 
and perversions that everybody else does. But Starlight, Aaron Moriarty, and Huey Campbell, Jack Quaid, are make a nice little couple. I, I do like Aaron Moriarty. She is, boy, she's good looking. She's pretty. Sad thing is, she's like in her mid to late 20s. She looks like she's barely 18. Yeah, it makes you feel a little creepy. Makes you feel a little creepy. And the thing is, with Huey Campbell, Jack Quaid, dude, you look at him, you can't tell me. You immediately look at him and go, yeah, that's the uh, the fuck child of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like top half of his face, Meg Ryan, bottom half, Dennis Just Quaid. Quaid. <laughs> and he's great. I love him. He's awesome. He is the... He is the the innocent member of the boys versus Carl Urban's bitter, bitter, twisted leader. So again, three and a half frenzies for the boys is so good. Dave hates it when I push recommendations on him, but this is one again, I've, we've talked about this. We've one. talked about wanting to see it, and it's fallen. By the wayside, and it did for me whatever. Too. It took reason. me this long to finally watch the first two. Yeah, because with the animated little mini series coming out here in a few weeks, Diabolical, I want to see how that fits in to the again, universe. like the Animatrix did way back in the day with the first three Matrix movies, and then of course this summer we've got season three coming with Jensen, Jensen Ackles. Ackles. Yep. One of our favorites from Supernatural, right. Dean. Of course, not shocking since Eric Kripke, the mastermind behind Supernatural, is also the mastermind behind the boys. Yep. All right, I have to indulge. Elimination Chamber was this past weekend. <laughs> no. The sad thing is... The Elimination Chamber itself is a brilliant idea. Where Poorly it's a executed. Cage, a steel cage with four pods at each corner. Six total wrestlers. They did a men's and a women's. You start out with two in the middle, two wrestlers in the middle, and then at random times, one of the pods opens and another wrestler comes in. And you go and you go and you go until everybody's been pinned, submitted. But they did it so badly this year, so badly. It was obvious they were trying to set up Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And like was, you couldn't see that coming four months ago. Right, right. It was just so obvious. And then they had another match where they didn't even start because the one tag team came out, beat up the other tag team outside the ring, and they just said, we're not going to even bother with the fight. Which what? is a big cop-out. Come on. If this stuff was still like 30 40 bucks, pay-per-view. Riots in the streets. That would have been a rip-off. But yeah, this was just, Elimination Chamber was a joke. Waste of three hours of my life. I'm sorry. It was as much as I have gotten back into wrestling and as much as I'm looking forward to WrestleMania, it Elimination was a, Chamber was a joke. It was. Terrible joke. 
There you go, kids. So that should do it for TV and streaming. Yep. Now. On to movies in our third and final segment. Yep. I have a makeup from last week. Yep. And then we've we got, are both reviewing Kimmy. Yep. And I have Uncharted. So a full final segment. Chuck full of movies for you, kids. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In the fortress of solitary justice, two brave men hold the fate of the sports world in their hands. With the utterance of a single word, FRENZY! These seemingly ordinary men become the maestro and the conquistador, destined to save the world from stupidity on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, and all noble podcast hosts everywhere. Dave and Kev stand for truth, justice, and the frenzy way. All right, kids, we're getting ready to wrap things up here on the Weekend Edition Sports Frenzy 2.0 with the maestro, Kevin Crane. And the conquistador, Dave Height. Movies, movies, movies. Stuff for you to watch this weekend or maybe <laughs> stuff for you to stay away from. Taping here on the 23rd of February, 2022. This will hit... Just after you eat your bacon and eggs, the morning of the 26th, Dave and I both reviewed Kimmy on HBO Max. Steven Soderbergh yep. directed it. David Kep. We're reviewing it. We watched it for this week. Zoe Kravitz stars in this. Very short movie. Barely an hour and 30 minutes. Yep. This was very intriguing from the get-go. Of course, Zoe Kravitz in this movie plays a shut-in, a COVID-type shut-in, almost an agoraphobic character. Yep. As we learn of an assault that she was overcoming just as COVID hit and undid all the progress that she had made. Right. So everything she does now is through technology. She FaceTimes her mother, her psychiatrist, her bosses, her co-workers. Her dentist. Her uh, illegal, Russian, <laughs> illegal Russian hacker. Co-worker. <laughs> yeah. Co-worker. Yeah. Um, again, very short movie. It's It's kind of... It kind of makes you think a little bit more about all the tech you're bringing into your home. I think that was the point. I think the point was it's Kimmy. It's, Kimmy is actually like Alexa. Yeah, it's so, a device, and it's it's rear window meets modern technology. Yep. So taking that for what it is, it's well done. Um. Again, I expect more from David Kep. He's one of my favorite screenwriters. He's written a Mission Impossible and Jurassic Park. Yep. I expected it, a little more. There 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 was a part about that that 45 minute to 1 hour point it was starting to lose me cuz it started to drag really bad before it finally kicked back up. 
Right, and again, we're not going to give you spoilers. We don't like to do that here. No. Um, Stick with it. Yeah, the ending is good. Uh, It's satisfying. Yeah. You get a lot of plot points. I don't even know if they're plot points, but a lot of things tied in that you noticed early on in the movie that now at the end makes sense. Yeah, it ties the the movie together. (laughs) But again, it just... This almost seemed like it it should have just been an hour long episode of a TV show to me. It it could in have a, been in, that in a easily. way. Uh I can only give it two frenzies. That's where I was with it as well. There was there was enough to watch it, mm-hmm. but not enough to put it to the point where I would watch it again. Right. Right. This is definitely not a movie I'm watching again. That's why I think I'm saying it's kind of like an an episode of a TV show. Yeah. It, it, it's a one-off. Right. Junk food for the mind. Yeah. And Dave and I were talking off mic, of course, about how um, as attractive <clears throat> Zoe Kravitz is, those boobs ain't the boobs I'm seeing in the Batman posters. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Or or what was alluded to in Mad Max Fury, Fury Road. Road. Yep. Yeah, there's something going on there. I don't know if she did a, a 12-day cleanse <laughs> like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers or what. Lost a lot of weight, but... Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't terrible. It, it wasn't was just, a bad movie. It was worth watching. Back in the day, back in the day, if we'd wandered into Blockbuster... We'd have picked it up. for a movie for the weekend to watch with our significant other, we probably would have picked it up and been okay with it. Back in the day when we had the old cable boxes with the the tcom boxes with the illegal chip that you could watch everything <laughs> under the sun where i was watching anything and everything yep would yep. have been right but now there. you've got netflix and hbo max yeah and my you god can find something else yeah back in the day i watched everything i could have walked into a video store with friends to try and find something to watch and i would have seen damn near 80% of what was in the video store. Agreed. I was with you on that. I Same thing with me. That's why there was a point in my life where I was watching. Oh, that's what that one was called. Seen it, seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I was watching artsy-fartsy crap just to try to find something different because I'd seen all the the big Hollywood blockbusters. But again, we didn't have the choices back then we do now. Right. All right, so before you get to Uncharted, why don't you catch up from last week with me? Let's go back to Nightmare Alley with Bradley Cooper. I'm intrigued to see what you review this as. (sighs) This one... It kind of intrigued me on a number of levels. On one point, I was interested where they were going with it. But on the other hand, it was kind of predictable on what was going to happen. And I kind of knew from the foreshadowing of different things how it was going to end. And it went the direction that I thought it was going to go. But the story getting there kept me intrigued enough to follow through. So, I'll give it three. 
just for how it put it all together. Yeah, that's what I gave it last week, is I gave it three. Um, sounds like similar reasons. Uh, the only thing is that I I should have seen the ending coming, and I didn't see it coming, so I felt stupid. Because once you get that ending, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's how I, I could see that going that way. Yeah, just the conversation talking about how to bring the next geek in and then the other part talking about the whole shtick and the fall from grace. Right. I kind of, yeah, I wonder if this is going to go where I think it is. and Yeah, and it still didn't all piece together well enough for me. No, no there were there there were parts I'm like, oh, really? Do we did we really need that? It, it, yeah, there were parts that seemed unnecessary, especially if you look back, taking the ending as it is, and going back. Um, of <clears> course, <throat> this is a remake of a noir classic. Guillermo yeah. del Toro did a great job visually. The movie is really oh, good it's looking. stunning. It's a really good looking movie. Um, the carnival scenes early on are really neat. Yeah. William Defoe is fantastic. When has William Defoe ever not been good? Yeah, the, and I mentioned last week the cast. I love the cast. I mean, you've got yeah. Strathairn and you've got Kate Blanchett and Tony Collette. Yeah, it, it's a great cast. Yeah. It, but again, there, there the, are core, parts... the core plot is good. There are There's some things peripherals that yeah. really, but again, like I said last week when I reviewed it, this has got to be the best so far we've seen in terms of the Academy Award nominated movies. Oh my god, <laughs> it's got to be it's right. It's got to be <laughs> the, 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 yeah, from the, the shit we've seen to this point, right? Because that's four now, yeah. Well. Three, three for you, four for me, because I did subject myself to the first half an hour of Don't Look Up. And you didn't finish Power of the Dog. Right. So there you go. This, this we we got through. We gave it a positive right. review. So it's got to be good. It's got to be good. <laughs> Which means it's not going to win jack shit if we liked it. No. And I've got more on the Oscars later, but... You've got the big budget, big adventure flick that was released last weekend, Uncharted. Uncharted, based on the PlayStation games. Four Uncharted video games brought to you by Naughty Dog. This one, kind of a prequel, introduces Nathan Drake and... Victor Sullivan, played by Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. Both my boys and I have played these games. My wife has watched us play them. The games themselves are have great storylines and suck you in. You don't you don't mind watching somebody play the games because of the story involved and wanting to know what's going to happen. That that's how good the games were for the storylines. We were not disappointed with Uncharted. 
it's not necessarily the first, but kind of the prequel. It hit all the main points that you wanted to see from it with a special cameo in there by the guy who voices Nathan Drake in the games. So I'm going to give it three. There were things they could have done a little bit different to make it more, but overall we were very happy with how they pulled this off. And the two post-credit scenes. Oh, you get two. Okay. You've got two, which were brilliant, which leads you to think that, yeah, they're going to do another one. Oh, yeah. They've they already have said, to. They've already said that they were so this impressed is, with they, the first weekend um, performance that they're already looking at. This is a franchise. Now. Oh, it's yeah. got to be. It is. They nailed it. Wahlberg and Holland as Drake and Sullivan, we we couldn't have been happier Jesus. with how it all Is came Tom together. Tom Holland having the greatest fucking year of anybody <laughs> in the history of mankind, or what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's doing got pretty to. Good. He's doing he's, pretty damn good. And you know what he's doing next? He is going to star in the uh, biopic Astaire. He is going to be Fred Astaire. Really? How about a, a 180, a complete Holy crap. turn. There you go. to career. But I applaud that. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. No, Uncharted is definitely worth watching. If you've played the games, you're not going to be dis completely disappointed. Like I said, there's a few little things here and there that got mixed, but they kept it really damn true to the feel of everything. Now, if you haven't played the video games, is it still entertaining? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because that's the one thing I've never liked about the video game movies is that... This, this, this is a true adventure where you're going after lost history. No Nicolas Cage. No Nicolas no Cage. Ford. No Harrison Ford. <laughs> which is a nice, a nice change of pace. All right, there you go, kids. You have plenty now to go see this weekend. Yep, you got a lot to do. I think next weekend might be my first weekend out to the movie theaters. Really? Yes. You know why? Do I, tell. I really want to see Studio 666 <laughs> with the Foo Fighters. So maybe, maybe you might get a review next week. We were looking. It didn't look like it was going to be anywhere close. Well, I know it's only opening on 2,000 screens nationwide, so that could be a possibility. I got to believe we it's going to show looking... up at one screen somewhere around here. I think here. Indy was the closest one. Really? We were looking into it, unless they That's changed things shame. up. I mean, 2,000, you would think at least one screen. Yeah, I think we were looking. It. We were going to have to go maybe to Indy, I think it was oh, we were looking God. at. That's a shame. i really like to see that. That would be the one movie. I did want to see Spider-Man. but if, You should have gone out to see Spider-Man. To break Man. my post-COVID cherry <laughs> would be 
Dave Grohl. <laughs> Let Dave Grohl break my post-COVID cherry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Spider-Man, big news. Of course, Sony is so smart as how they've kept the Spider-Man franchise away from Marvel as much as they could, yep. yet still have that agreement. Craven the Hunter. Yes! Gets even better now. Because they are saying they are going to bring in Chameleon. <laughs> Craven's brother will be in Craven the Hunter. Nice. So again, I love Excellent. what they're doing here with Venom, with Morbius, Madam Web we talked about yep. a couple weeks ago. Now Craven the Hunter get an update with Chameleon coming it keeps, in. Still let Sony keep the Spider-Man universe. I mean, they st they've got so much more. They could Scorpion, Shocker, I mean, uh -huh. Rhino. They could build their own Spider-Man universe just with those characters. Yeah, and not have Spider-Man in them. It's brilliant. Yep, or just talk about him or allude to allude him. Allude to him. Yes, and then of just course, keep it the mentioned. goal would always be... The Sinister Six. Yes, if we could ever get a Sinister Six movie, holy crap, would that be fantastic. That is the ultimate goal. Yep. Screw Disney. That is the end... Screw Disney. That is the end game for Spider-Man, yep. is the Sinister Six. Yep. Now, you can take whatever Six mix. you want. Yep. You don't have to go with the traditional... no. I'm fine. You want to bring Venom in? You want to, you know, whatever you want to do, whatever is feasible Just economically, get the six. right actors. But yeah, down the road, give us the Sinister Six. Book news. Yes, book news. Because Dave and I have authors that we both love and that we would like you to read and enjoy. We've always talked about James Lee Burke. Robert B. Parker and Ace Atkins, of course, yep. doing the Spencer books. Kellerman, Sanford. Lee Child. Finally, he works slow as molasses, but finally the next Elvis Cole, Joe Pike novel Holy is coming. Holy shit! What, it's been four years? I think it's been three. I think it's been three. Well, based on the fact that this is not coming out until November the 1st, but the next Cole and Pike novel, Racing the Light. Oh, thank God. Will be out November the 1st, 2022. Kids, if you have not read an Elvis Cole or Joe Pike novel. You're in for a treat. The, now, the tone of this series shifts. Initially, early on, Elvis Cole is very Very fun-loving. More like Spencer. Yes, until L.A. Requiem destroyed his soul. And then it gets a lot darker. Joe Pike comes in a lot more prominently and, and gets now, his own books for a while. Yep, and Elvis is starting to find his way back. It's been a long, slow process. Yep. Very well done, very well written. But again, Robert Christ just is so slow putting these books together. We should have had at least five or six more than we've gotten because it takes him forever. Yeah. And to these get are not to it. these are not dense books like James Lee Burke. No, he these, should be able to put the, these out once a year. Yeah, these these are Parker esque 
where you should get one a year. Yep. All right, moments of silence. Dave is shocked that I have a couple. And these I've are- been out of it for the last week. Work and the teething puppy and his <laughs> energy is sapping everything in the evening hours. That being said, who sang A Whiter Shade of Pale? Do you remember? No. Procol Harum. Lead singer Gary Brooker of Procol Harum. See, now it's never into Procol Harum. Now, but you and I love Sammy Hagar. Yeah. And they had a really big hit with HSAS when he and we talked about Neil Sean. Yeah. They had that that remake, which was really good. Procol Harum, that was their one big hit, was A Whiter Shade of Pale. Yeah. And so Gary Brooker, their lead singer and one of the co-founders <sighs> of that band, passed away. Now, here we go. This, this is a moment of silence where he's going to be mad at me. He's going to dismiss it. And to me, this is a big deal because he doesn't like grunge. He can't stand grunge music. And I have always said the greatest soundtrack of all time, he would probably go heavy metal. I go singles. I think singles was the greatest movie soundtrack of all time. I've said that over and over again. See, no, I like the Commitment soundtrack, but I liked more of that R&B bluesy stuff that they did. One of the greatest songs on the single soundtrack was by the Screaming Trees. One of the the bands that really started the grunge movement and then Pearl Jam Nirvana. Yeah, I never yeah. into Screaming Trees. Mark Lanigan, the lead singer and founder, I passed away. I did see that. Sad news on that front. Yep. Nearly Lost You. Great song on the single soundtrack. Yeah. I knew you would just I knew you would dismiss. Both of these were important to me because of the song and because of the soundtrack. There you go. Whiter Shade of Pale, single soundtrack. These were two important moments of silences to me, and you've dismissed them. For all the fun we've had recording this week, you had to bring me down. Yes, yes, I did, because somebody has to be the voice of reason. Singles was not that great a movie. Oh, my God. The soundtrack, though, was fantastic. Nobody's saying the the movie was any good. The soundtrack was unbelievable. Half the soundtrack was Oh, my God. Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Screaming Trees, Paul Westerberg. Come on! All the shit. It didn't have Nirvana. You should be happy about that. Yeah, I still didn't care about it. Not what I enjoy. No. You just enjoy people with face paint screaming and yelling about Satan. Wrong. (laughs) I've listened to some of the music you listen to. (laughs) Face tattoos. Yep, Mm -hmm. I like the harder stuff. You like the grungier, more mellow. There we go. Are you ready for some dumbasses? Let's talk dumbasses. All right. 
Have you got any for entertainment, or is it all me this week? It's all you. All right. This week has been, all right. like I said, I have not gotten to watch or, as much as I want or have read news like I would have liked. All right, I have three. I have three entertainment dumbasses this week. First one, I'll start off. I'll kind of escalate. We'll escalate. Yes, let's build. This one's kind of expected because every every year these idiots are dumbasses. The Academy of Motion Pictures, well, Arts and Sciences. That's a given. They just announced today that they are going to cut eight categories out of the telecast. To allow more time, to allow more time for these douchebags to pump, pontificate on their little bullshit rants. Dave again did not get to participate last week, so I'm going to update him on one of my dumbasses from last week, and that ties into this because he's exactly right. Do you know who the three co-hosts are this year? For the Oscars. No, and I really don't give a shit because... Well, you're going to get them, Dave! Wanda Sykes. Oh, God. Regina Hall. Who? And Amy Schumer. Oh, Jesus. God almighty. So now they will have more time to spout their bullshit now that the Oscar telecast is cutting. Oh, but they say, we'll show them. We're going to award them an hour before, and we'll record it all, and we'll bullshit. We'll put it into the show at some bullshit. point. Bullshit, bullshit. Why are they even telecasting it? Nobody's gonna watch it. I've Seriously, said I've said I have not watched an Oscar telecast in at least five or six years, and I used to enjoy it. I used to go to Oscar parties. It used to be fun. Dude, you know it's been 15 years since I've watched. It used to be fun, and now it's just crap. And they are trying to do their best to make it even worse. And that's why I say this is a move that makes them dumbasses of the week. Ugh. All right. I know you're not a big fan of Bruce Springsteen, but you remember... Clarence Clemens. Yes, the big man. The greatest saxophonist in rock. Well, his son, Nick Clemens, has decided to sell marijuana-based goods. <laughs> oh, no. Using the moniker Big Man Blazed Baked Goods. <laughs> so he has been not only sued, but being fined by the trust that owns the rights to, to big man to the big to man big man and nick says you can't do that because he's one of the children named in the trust but what he doesn't realize is the trust says you everybody can't, yeah you can't use your father's name for an individual right gain it's got to be a collective of the trust. Especially for fucking pot brownies or whatever the hell he's selling. Thanks for discouraging uh, not dude. only your father's name, but your other family members' uh, rights. Dumbass. When it comes to this trust. All right, last one. 
I was really on a rant last week without you about certain Democrats and liberals. I talked about Susan Sarandon. We mentioned her. Oh, bug eye. Hillary Rodham Clinton. I mentioned her. The killer. Yes, and how her book is becoming a movie now. Oh, you, you know. mean the one that was written by? Yeah. Her state of terror. Yeah. That, that, that Just she, like Bill Clinton's that, books were written by Patterson. Yeah. She had this idea and she got. Right. Was it Krentz? No, no I, I don't was, remember. I can't remember. Offhand, the name of the author. But yeah, she had somebody she else had write some them. idea. Louise said, Penny, maybe? Penny, yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I feel like I have to do equal justice to the other side. I don't want to be called, you know, a right winger, a left winger. I am in the middle. I am firmly entrenched in the middle. I will call everybody a dumbass. So it's time to call Fox News out. Oh, that's easy to do. I looked today on Fox News's website, and I don't think they were being sarcastic or humorous. You scroll down to the bottom of the headlines. Cardi B on Russia-Ukraine crisis. Cardi B on Russia-Ukraine crisis. What the Cardi heck? B Did, on Russia-Ukraine... Who know? thinks we care what Cardi B thinks about anything? Let alone the biggest crisis in the world right now. Could she find the Ukraine on a map? If she's not showing me her tits, I don't care! Seriously, the woman has got a pea brain! And Fox News decides we're going to say, hey, here we go. Here's what Cardi B thinks again about the Russia-Ukraine conflict. We don't give a shit what celebrities think about anything. That's the big point. That is the big point. Enough! Stop force-feeding us this crap about these idiotic, vapid celebrities who know nothing about nothing, probably take an hour to tie their shoes in the morning. I don't need to hear what Cardi B thinks about Russia and Ukraine. Which is the whole reason why we don't watch any of the damn awards shows, because we don't give a shit what they believe in. You get paid to entertain us. Not tell us what to think and feel. Buh bye. And as I said, weren't we promised when we were in grade school that California was going to fall into the ocean <laughs> in an earthquake? When? When? He's the conquistador, Dave. I... He's the maestro, Kevin Crane. We love you. Thanks for checking out the weekend edition. We will see you next week on Sports Frenzy.